everyone tonight. Those that are jumping on Facebook Live, those that will watch the YouTube presentations and the audio platforms, we are glad to have you here today. We are going to continue on our series on effortless living, and we're going to get into number five. I want to talk tonight about according to his purpose. I'm going to repeat just a little bit from what we had last week, and then of course next Sunday is our, as we call sometimes, mini-conference, our carry-in dinner. And I'm going to be sharing just a little bit about what I experienced last weekend. And uh, there was, how many know that you can be, and we always are, in the presence of the Lord? But there are times when we are in and experiencing the manifest presence of the Lord. Now, one of the meanings of glory, we know, is the view and the opinion of the Father. But another meaning of glory is weighty and heavy. And that's what I experienced last Saturday. I was driving down the road, and all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. The closer I got to home, the heavier it was, and all I did is cry for four hours plus and felt a, a real switch. I, I felt like I took a deep dive, and I'm gonna share some of that. Some of it I can't, but some of it I'm going to share next Sunday as we gather together. But I know that I experienced the rapture. I experienced the rapture. Now, I may get funny next week and just title the message, are you milking the matrix or are you milking the vortex? Oh, come on. I'm milking the vortex. Because, you know, it talks about Elijah being taken up in a whirlwind. The yes. same word as vortex. Yes. And I was taken up in a vortex, and I'm still milking it. <laughs> and I'm going to continue to milk that. However, I believe that each and every one of us here under the sound of my voice, here in the congregation, and also those that are listening, you can experience that exact same thing. Did you hear me? Yes. You can experience that exact same thing. Absolutely. There's no reason that we cannot and will not experience getting caught up into the whirlwind of the vortex, and then you can milk that. I'm going to share a little bit next week how you can milk it and how you can stay in that dimension. So I want to share a little bit what I'm allowed to share, things that the Lord changed within my heart. Things that the Lord spoke to me personally. Yes. Some personal experiences that I had. Yes. Through the whole week, I've been having, some people call them downloads. I call them uploads. Yes. I've been having uploads yes. ever since then. And so, we'll share some of that next week, what I'm allowed to share. Some I won't. But I want to talk again tonight about effortless living. And as I said, I'm going to go back, so you can go to Romans chapter 8. We will finish Romans chapter 8 up tonight, but I want to repeat just a little bit of what we had last week in lesson number 4 of Effortless Living. Tonight is number 5 of Effortless Living. But if you recall, when we read verse 18, I seen this a little differently. Again, this is one of the uploads that Spirit of God gave to me. Because, you know, this Bible says that his suffering was our suffering. And I think when it comes to sickness and disease and accidents and all that sort of a thing, that suffering is over with. Doesn't mean we don't go walk through some of that sometime, but we can know that it's over with because his suffering in those areas objectively was our suffering. 
So in verse 18, where it talks about the sufferings of this present time, I shared with you how that I believe that just as Jesus was tempted, you can read that in the book of Luke, how he was tempted in those three or four different areas, the thing that was tempted in him was his intellect, his reasoning, his logic, his emotions, and his five senses. That's what was tempted. And he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He didn't suffer sickness and disease. And, and when he died, he laid down his life that he might take it up again to show us that we have dominion where physical death is concerned. So this, this present, as it says in verse 18 of Romans 8, the sufferings of this present time, I believe, represent the sufferings that we go through in the temptations of the left side. And as we will begin to see them that way, yes, provision was made for us to have victory because he had victory in every area. He was tempted at all points like as us, but he had victory in every area where he was tempted. Don't you think that was a suffering? That's where he learned obedience, and that's where we learn obedience as we have temptations in that area, and we learn to yield them, and we're learning to yield them quicker than before. Yes. Because we're becoming more keen to when our intellect is trying to oppose the thoughts of the Christ mind within us. So in verse 18, it also goes on to say that we suffer as we are tempted in the left side or the left-sided faculties. And notice it says it will not compare with the glory. Now glory here means the view and the opinion. So if you happen to be, for example, a brilliant person, it's easier for you to be tempted to draw upon that intellect and think, oh, I'm so glorious, I'm so smart, I'm so brilliant, I know this, I know that. Listen, I don't know squat tonight. That's right. <laughs> That's so good. Because that, listen, that knowledge, that intellect, or that brilliance that comes from the left side in and of itself is nothing That's compared right. to the truth yes. of the Christ mind that abides on the inside That's of us. Right. Yes. Then we also talked about the fact that as we begin to see that our intellect and reason and logic has no real brilliance, it's, it's not all that smart, folks. It likes to make us think that it is. Yes. But it doesn't compare because it goes on to say, it will not compare to the glory of the view and the opinion of the Father. Sure, it, doesn't. it doesn't compare not to the all. view and the opinion of the Father. Not at all. all. And then I brought up 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, where it says there that our light affliction is but for a minute, or but for a moment. And I don't think the light affliction there again is sickness and disease and the stuff that we would suffer in our physical bodies. But what I believe it means, once again, is the same thing as Romans 8 and verse 18. The light affliction would be the temptations. And then it goes on to say what we must do in order for those temptations to only last for but a moment. Yes. While you look not at the intellect and think, oh, I know so much. I lived out of intellect and reason before, and it always worked out for me. Well, it may work out for you, but it's not proof it remains. Right. And so as we focus upon the unseen, the eternal, the invisible realm, that's when that temptation or that 
light affliction lasts only for about a moment. That is so good. Then in verse 19, we saw how the whole creation is waiting. One translation says, on tiptoe for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I shared with you that most today in the world and in the religious church are still waiting and groaning and hoping. Yes. Yep. Because they do not know that what they're hoping for, they already are. Absolutely. And then in verse 20, it states how through religion, all mankind unwillingly fell for religiosity. And it says there, by reason of him, and that's not talking about the Father. He didn't subject us to futility and to folding. He didn't subject us to that. We came here upright. In fact, the Amplified says, if you read Ecclesiastes 7, 29, it will tell you that we were brought here upright and uncorrupted. Yes. But we fell for religion. Now, where it says by reason of him, that's a reflexive pronoun, and it means you and I. Yep. We fell for it because we embraced religiosity. We fell for the lie because we were immature spiritually and we just simply didn't know any better. But we still, listen, had hope within us, as the end of the verse says in verse 20, that we would be delivered, that someone would come along and would deliver us. And of course, we know that Jesus Christ did. Yes. He revealed the fact that none of that stuff on the left side, the faculties, had any power whatsoever. And he revealed unto us, or he exposed those lies that the left side has any power. And he revealed in his resurrection the fact that they never had any power. Amen. And that all we have to do is just yield those thoughts and, and yield that realm, yield those faculties. And as we do, listen, as we do, and as we get better and better at that and more discerning at that, that constitutes effortless living. Yep. Amen. That's where effortless living is, folks. It's in yielding the intellect, the logic, and the reasoning, and those five senses and the emotions unto the Spirit of Christ. Now, uh, Paul said, put on the mind of Christ. Now, how can you put on the mind of Christ if you don't already have it? <laughs> Same with immortality. I talked with this Luca Gini on uh, one night, was a Thursday evening, we had an interview, and I was teaching immortality to some of his students. Friday, I guess it was, the 25th. And one of the things that I said is, listen, where the scripture talks about this mortal must put on immortality, it's the same as us putting on the Christ mind, and to put on means to slip into like you slip into a garden. But if you don't have it, you can't do it. That's right. Amen. See, we already have immortality. We already have the mind of Christ. We already be what most are hoping and growing and waiting for. Right. We're already that. Verse 21, there's a people that are already that simply by virtue of the fact that they know who they be. Absolutely. Verse 21, the creature shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And I add here, by the sons of God that already know who they be. Now, all are sons, but not everyone knows who they be. Not everyone knows who they are. Right. But see, there's a people that are a first fruit, if I can say it this way, company or people that know who they be, and so then they can help these people come to know who they have always been. Right. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. Now, the word pain there in the Greek is sonodini, meaning like a woman in pain to deliver a child. 
Ghost on this morning and I said you cannot give birth to what you're not pregnant with. That's right. You cannot give birth to what you're not pregnant with. There's a people today that are pregnant with the understanding, not just the head knowledge, right. but with the spiritual understanding of who they be. Right. But most of creation, most of the world, including the religious church world today, are groaning, yes. travailing, and they're hoping. Now, when you read that verse, it says that they are groaning, listen to this, until now. There it is. What does that mean? They're groaning and travailing until now. Until they come to now, the now. understanding of now you be. There you go. So you have all now is the day. So they need to come to now. Yes. They need to come to the isness, uh -huh. the nowness, the asness. As he is, so are we. Yes. Now yes. I be. Now I be. is. Yes. And have always is. Right. Yes. Verse twenty-three. And not only they, but now listen to this. Uh, I love this. And not only they, but we ourselves also, not us. Let me read that again. And not only they, the grown creation, but we ourselves also, listen, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. And the way I explain that is in the tabernacle, there's outer court, holy place, holy holies, all most holy. Some are experiencing the outer court, initial salvation. Some are experiencing holy place. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, where they realize they have spirit, but there's a people that know they be spirit, so yes. there's a visibility. <laughs> yeah. So you see, we yeah. have the ones that are groaning and hoping and praying and trying to begging. Begging, yes. We're, we're not we're not the ones in pain over this. It's those that have not moved beyond into the place that they already are, which is most holy place. But we know that we don't merely have, we know that we already be. Yes. 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 So in verses 24 and 25, we then discuss the word hope, which is confident expectation. Okay? But it's still future. Yes. It's still future. When we see and understand, then what happens to hope? It vanishes. It's swallowed up. Any future aspect of us experiencing who we be vanishes and it's gone. Verse 24, let me read it to you. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope? For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope? And then verse 25, but if we hope for that which we see not, listen, then do we wait with patience for it. In other words, if we don't have an eye to see and an ear to hear and a heart that's circumcised, then guess what? We're still in hope because we're not seeing the revelation yes. of who we be. We're still operating in hope, in confident expectation, but it has to do with the future. Then we saw in verses 26 and 27 that no matter where we're at in our awareness, our Holy Spirit, see, it doesn't exclude anyone, no one is left out, no matter where we are at, our Holy Spirit, which is joined to the Lord, sees where we're at and intercedes accordingly. Yes. So no one's left out. Nobody's no right. one is excluded. Right. Everyone will come Good to news. that point that has an inkling of a desire, and even if they don't, to come into to this dimension right. and this place where they realize we are the most holy. Yes. We are spirit slowed down to visibility. We are a first-year company by virtue 
of knowing that as he is, so are we in this world. Now, am I saying yes. you're not? Not saying you're not. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But I'm simply saying that you and I are so one, you can't tell where he begins and we end. That's how one we are. We are one, and we were not brought here as a sinner. We were not brought. Now, we did have sin in our awareness because we embraced religiosity. Right. And that's why Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that right. which was yes. lost. We lost the glory here, the view and the opinion of the Father. Yes. Anyhow, let's go back to Romans chapter 8, and let's pick up in verse 28. In verse 28. This is where I want to minister tonight, and I want us to see something, because have you ever had things to happen to you in a negative way and they didn't work out for good? Oh, I guess none of you did. <laughs> I've had a few things, in fact, quite a few things, that instead of working out for good, they worked out horribly. Yep. Right? Yes. Let's read it in verse 28, because this is where I want to start tonight and finish up the chapter. Look what it says. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, we know that Father, through Jesus Christ, has done all that he's going to do. Yes. So many people today are begging and hoping and wishing and groaning and praying and trying to get God to do something when he can't do any more than he's already done. Yes. And now what he's calling upon us to do is just participate with that which is already done and yes. who we already be. But this is so interesting because notice the word purpose, the last word of that verse. To them who are called according to his purpose. You know what word it is in the Greek? It's showbread. And remember the priests used to come twice a day and eat at the table in the holy place. They would partake of the bread. Remember there were 12 stacks. Six on each side. Crucified out there. Quick and crucified. Yeah. Died with. Buried with. Quick and with. Grace with. Seated with. They would eat from that bread and they would drink that wine representing the life. Bread wine. So what this is saying is all things will work together for good to those who are consciously aware mm. and partaking of the bread and drinking of the wine or of the spirit. In other words, you're continually taking the word in. You're learning of him. Continue and learn of yourself. Yes. Continually taking that word in. And that word, the wine representing the life in you is conceiving and quickening that word within you. Then you can say that particular horrible situation in the appearance room worked out for my good. Concerning you. Absolutely. Yes. Gotcha. 
And that all happens by turning within. It sure yes. does. Rather than living from the external, mm -hmm. or rather than living from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, I, I was thinking this morning, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we could liken it to the tree of intellect. The tree of knowledge, the tree of intellect. Right. That judges things through intellect and reason and logic. So it could have been called the tree of intellect, the tree of reason, the tree of logic. Because when you judge according to the seeing of the eyes, the hearing of the ears, you're not judging a righteous judgment. Righteous judgment is judging by the tree of life. Yes. And seeing Christ. Now, I'm still giving my paraphrase. So my paraphrase of verse 28 is, I know that as I fill my heart awareness full of truth, eating the bread and wine, no matter what I am experiencing in the appearance room, it's going to work out for my good and God's glory. Amen. Yes. yes. It's going to work out for my good, your good, Absolutely. and God's glory. Yes. yes. Look at verse 29. For whom he did foreknow. How many know he knew you before? Yes. Yes. Before yes. men, before time. Yes. Before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, verse 4, 2 Timothy 1, 9. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So, since we were in him from before the foundation, he knew us, just like he told yes. Jeremiah, I knew you when you were before you were yes. in your mother's womb. I knew you. So he knew us and he predestinated us to become spiritual down to visibility in our physical bodies after his image and likeness. Now, we know around here that there's only one life. One life. Yes. There's only one life. And it says here that he was the firstborn of that one life. And so, therefore, he was begotten of that one life. We were begotten of that one life. We're bone of his bone. We're flesh of his flesh. We're the body of Christ. So, everything that's said about Jesus Christ is said about us. Yes, yes. We were known before. We were predestinated. We were conformed to his image. We are spirit slowed down to visibility. My paraphrase of verse 29 is, we were securely in him, listen to this, even before Adam partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and bad. Yep. That word evil is really bad. Did you know that? Yeah. It's bad. Right. right? Right? He knew us before, let me start over with my paraphrase. We were securely in him, even before Adam partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and bad. He knew us beforehand, before time. Consequently, we were brought forth in his image with the exact same life, he being the first of all of us. Amen. Isn't that good? Yes. yes. I love my paraphrase. Yes. <laughs> verse 30, verse 30 of Romans 8. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. This is before time. Yep. And whom he called, them he also justified. In other words, you were brought here right. Yes. Not wrong. You weren't. You were upright. And you were uncorrupted, as the Amplified says. Right. Ecclesiastes 7, 29. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. In other words, it was all done even before the foundation of the world. We were called before time, Ephesians 1, 4. We were chosen from before time. We were predestinated from before time. We were glorified. We were justified from before time. 
Now, someone says, yeah, but you got to receive it. Well, absolutely. What does receive mean? It means to take yourself that which has already and always been yours and mine. So, in Jesus' resurrection, then, what did he do? He revealed these truths to us. That we came here justified, that we came here predestined, that we came here glorified, that we came here right, that we came here upright, and that we came here as spirits so damned to visibility. That's a mouthful. Now, here's my paraphrase of verse 30. He knew us from before time, calling us and choosing us. He made us upright or justified right and gloriously brilliant and luminous. Luminous! Luminous. That is good. Psalm 139, if you and don't go there, but if you would read Psalm 139, it says, You were glorious, fearfully, gloriously made. And then it goes on and it talks about that. Gloriously made. In detail. Verse 31 of Romans 8. What shall we say to these things? Right. If God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> so now listen. So the writer is saying, and this is my paraphrase of this, verse 31. The writer is saying, when he says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? My paraphrase is, after all of this good news, yeah, hello. after all of this good news, the only thing left to say is, what does it matter if someone comes against you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Father God is for us, what does it matter if it comes man against or what comes against us? We realize it's a no thing. It has no power whatsoever. There it is. Now, how is he for us? Well, what we see here, we were predestined, we were called, we were justified, mm-hmm. we were right, we were glorified, we were spirit slowed down to visibility. All of a sudden, him is all of a sudden us. Take a breath. <laughs> Take a breath, yeah. So there's nothing to attain, there's nothing to gain, there's only something to realize and be aware of, and that is who we be and have always been. Absolutely, yes. Verse 32, Romans 8. He that spared not his son... But deliver him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, we know that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19, it states there that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling, not God to the world, reconciling the world unto him. Father didn't have a problem. We have the problem because we embrace religiosity. Yes. And the word reconcile is just simply agree. So God was in Christ Jesus reconciling, wanting the world to agree that they were justified and glorified and right and spirits slowed down to visibility and all of that. That's right. He's all in all, y'all as all. Yes. Right? How else can we say it? So in other words, what it's saying is we had all things before the foundation, but Christ Jesus in his resurrection revealed that we had all things yes. in the resurrection. Yes. You know, when he said, I lay down my life, no man takes my life, I lay it down that I might take it up again. What was he revealing to us? He was simply revealing to us that you have dominion where physical death is concerned. Yes. Dominion. We have dominion where all things are concerned. Now, my paraphrase of verse 32 is simply this. God was in Christ causing us and the world to agree that we had all things, not a few things, all the things from before the foundation of the world, but we forgot. And therefore we had to be reminded that we have no lack through Jesus Christ. And that's what his resurrection revealed, that we always all had all things. 
from before time. He was all in all, y'all, from before time. That's right. We forgot it. And how many scriptures? I can find a lot of scriptures that tell us that we're beginning to remember now. Beginning yes. to remember. God, the truth that's coming, we're beginning to remember now. And as we remember now, our life, our true life, and in fact, it's the only life we have, is given back to us. Yes, Completely yes. and totally given back to us. So in other words, through Christ's finished work, through Christ's finished work, in his resurrection specifically, all that was ours from before time was revealed to us yes, once again. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Verse 33, Romans 8. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? There you go. It is God that justifieth. Yes, it is. So listen, what I hear in that is no one can stand against you. Nobody. No one can accuse you. <sighs> right? Right. No one try. can really know us after the flesh, even though many people know us after the flesh. Because listen, as it says there, who, who can lay any charge to the elect of God? When God is the one that is justified and made us right. Only if we God is here always right. We forgot, yes, Christ Jesus and his resurrection revealed that we've always been right. The only thing Father sees about us is intrinsically good. Intrinsically yes. good. He only sees intrinsically, intrinsically good. And this is why I say, listen, and I, and I believe this, this was something that was revealed to me a number of years ago. Our Father only sees, people say, well, he, he knows all things. Well, come on now. Does he? Does he know bad about us that's going to happen maybe down the road in a year or two? If he did, I'll guarantee you that's going to happen. I believe he has limited his all-knowingness to only know the intrinsically good about us. Absolutely. That's what he told Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you. They are for yes. good and not for evil. Yes. yes. So thank God that's the good news. Uh, you know, the scripture talks about, teach us the Lord to number our days. Like God knows the day we're going to take our last breath and we ought to know that our life is limited. Right? That word numbered is celebrate. Celebrate. Teach us the Lord to celebrate.
done the crime, you're going to have to do the time. However they say that. But you know what? The father never condemns them. Oh, do I need to say that again? Even if a person murders another person, yeah. man's going to condemn them. Oh, yeah. And they're going to pay for their crime by the time they have to do in prison or whatever. God never forsakes them. If we're told to know the man after the flesh, then we think the Father knows people after yes. the flesh that have done hideous crimes. Let me read my paraphrase again. Right. 23. Love lays no love, agape love, yeah. lays no charge of condemnation. Now I'm not condoning any of that, because there's consequences. But love, the Father, love lays no charge or condemnation upon his elect. And who's his elect? Well, I'm here to tell you, everybody. Everybody. Because he has justified us from before the foundation of the world. From before time. Someone asked me a question yesterday. Or this morning. I just was on five o'clock this morning. I get this beep on the phone. This lady that asks a lot of questions quite often. It was a valid question. And she said, I, I see a lot of people writing posts about God doesn't see sin. So then how could he have, you know, remedied the mistaken identity problem? So I write back to her about 5.30 this morning, and she's probably watching. Thank you for the question. It was a very valid question. And I said, this is the way it is. God does not see sin in the sense that he focuses upon our wrongdoing. Right. And I gave the example because she was using people who are sick. Oh, God doesn't see that sickness, so therefore, you know, there's no, there's, there's no healing for that person. And my example was, it's not that God doesn't see that. And, and for example, if we see people that are sick and in need, we're going to help them. But the greatest help we can give them is to focus not upon the sickness or the problem, but to focus and see them completely complete and whole yes, and whole. Yeah, yes. So that's the way I explained it to her. And she came back, she says, awesome, wonderful, I get it. Yes. So we're not saying that God doesn't see, but that's not God's, our Father's focus. The focus is not upon wrongdoing that people do. The focus is not condemnation. The focus is our Father sees us totally complete and totally whole in Him. Thank God. Thank God yes. that He does. Yes. So love lays no charge. I'm no still charge. in my paraphrase of verse 33. So love good. lays no charge of condemnation upon His elect because He has justified us before the foundation of the world. And that's what our Father focuses upon. That's what he focuses on. Not the illness, not the bad things. And we may have a lot of bad things going on. Aren't you glad his focus, spirit's focus, our Christ mind's focus is on the positive rather than the negative? Yes. Where would we be? If we had more of that, we would have the negative. Where would we be? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get over so that. Verse 34. Who oh. is he that condemned? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us? So how, in other words, could anyone condemn us when it was nailed to the cross? That's right. Oh, it yes. is finished. Yeah. It, it is, is finished. It, is it was finished. nailed to the cross. 
Father isn't going to. The only That's thing right. that is going to condemn us is if we put the wrong things in our heart awareness. Yes. Yes. If we don't sow the seeds of our Christ mind into the womb, into our virgin consciousness, then there's going to be a lot of condemnation, but it's going to come from us and never from That's the Father. Right. That's never right. Never from spirit. Yeah. Never from adopted love. Never. Verse 35 of Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? None of those things shall separate us from the love of the Father even if we are the ones bringing the stuff or creating the stuff in our own lives. The only place condemnation comes from is in a a heart awareness yep. that has not taken on the Christ mind or the renewing mind. So my paraphrase of verse 35 is nothing. Now nothing is a big word. It means nothing. No, no thing. Nothing can cause a separation from the love of Christ except our own sense of separation in our own awareness. Yes. But even then it's only a sense of separation which is an illusion. Yeah, yes. And an illusion means to look at a certain thing or anything and misinterpret its true, true nature. Yep. Misinterpret its true nature. Thinking God is the condemning one when it's really our unrenewed mind yes. sown into our heart awareness that is what condemns us. Now, verses 36 and 37, I'm going to take these together. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Emphatically, it says nay in the King James, or no. Nay means no. Did you know that? Nay means no. So for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No. Not at all. Why? Because in these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In other words, it may appear that we suffer persecution from the things that we are sharing with people. But like Paul said, I am content in whatsoever state I find myself in. And more content means I'm unaffected by what's happening to me in the appearance realm. That is so good. Because I know the love of the Father. That's what Paul was saying. Now my paraphrase of 36 and 37 is this. We may appear to be killed by what we know, but we also know that those things have no power whatsoever, and we are exempt from every kind of death because of his love that has been revealed unto us. Amen. We may be appearing. We may appear to be killed. You ever had people say negative things about you because of the word that they know you believe? <laughs> Not at all. Not a right, never. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. We may appear to be killed by what we know, but we also know that those things have no power. No power. See, that's the only way Paul could say, I'm right. what sort of state I find myself in. He didn't give any power to. And also we are exempt from every kind of death. First Timothy 1, 6, 16, in the classic Amplified, we are exempt from every kind of death because of his love in revealing truth unto us. Verses 38 and 39. Tell us now what that truth is and why we are more than conquerors. You know why? 
we know something. Yeah. Not just in a head knowledge, but we know something. Yes. And listen, I see Romans chapter 6 as knowing, and we've taught this, reckoning and yielding. I see Romans chapter 8 as knowing, reckoning, in other words, knowing that what you know is going to work, and also yielding when opposing thoughts come and try yes. to rise up and say, you're not this, you're not that, you're not the other. And you allow the Christ mind, you slip into that Christ mind that you already have, and you allow that to rule rather than those negative thoughts. So, verses 38 and 39 state, I am persuaded. Now, let me go back to what we just read in verses 36 and 37. When you get into 38 and 39, it tells us what this truth is and why we know and reckon that the truth that we know is going to work. Yes. Okay? So verses 38 and 39 say in the King James, I am persuaded. How many of you are persuaded? Absolutely. That neither death nor life. Now, now listen, let me say this. There are no opposites in the kingdom of God. There are no polarities in the kingdom of God. You know, we could say the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the tree of opposites. The tree of opposites. We could say it is the tree of intellect, the tree of reasoning, as I've already stated, or the tree of logic. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is when we discern things, we eat from that, we eat from carnality, we eat from our intellect, our reason, our emotions, five senses, whatever, and we give power to it. Absolutely. So this says in 38 and 39, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life. Can I tell you it's not even life? It's not. Hello. Death nor life, nor angels and principalities, look at the opposites, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now notice, all of those are opposites. And there are no opposites in the kingdom of God. So what is the antidote? It's to know our oneness, and to know that it'll work, yep. and then to yield any opposing thoughts from intellect, reason, logic, or even from five senses or emotions. Are we persuaded that this is going to work for us? Yes. Absolutely. It cannot fail. Yes. The word of the Lord conceived and quickened within us cannot fail, can never fail. Yeah. Now, when they appear, when you're going maybe through a process of Elimination or a process of, of, of health becoming a manifestation within your own. It may appear that something out here has a power, but once we understand that nothing in and itself has any power except the power we give it by not utilizing our Christ mind, yes. that's the answer, folks. We've got to be in the renewing mind. We've got to sit with these truths. We've got to contemplate and meditate these truths. And not because we feel we have to do it, but, you know, finally you get to the place where you just naturally do these things. Absolutely. You just naturally do these things. So my paraphrase in closing of verses 38 and 39 is this. I have no doubt that when I am living the appearance of a low life or a high life, whether life or death, okay, I have no doubt that if I am living the appearance of a low life or even a high life, if I am surrounded by angelic 
If I'm living in the present or the future, verse 39, or if I'm high in God's presence or low as I can go, neither any person or thing will ever be able to separate me from knowing that Father God has always and will always love me and we will always be one. Listen, 
You cannot give birth if you're not pregnant. True. You will give birth to that which you're pregnant with. Yes. Whether it's doubt and unbelief, yep. which you're pregnant with, or whether it. it's the renewing mind or the Christ mind. That's right. You can only give birth to what you're pregnant with, and you will yes, give will. birth to what you're pregnant with. So let's get pregnant. Come on! Let's get pregnant with a Christ mind, with our renewing mind. Let's continually yes, focus upon that which is within us yes, and who Lord. we be. Because where focus goes, yes. energy flows. Energy flows. So that's number five of effortless living. Awesome. Again, awesome, awesome. It should not be. It should not be a hard thing. It's not. Only religion has made it a hard thing. Yep. Because of all of the lives that we've right. embraced and taken into ourselves. Right. So, Father, we thank you. Yes, Lord. For this people and those listening to Facebook and YouTube and the audio platforms. We thank you for all of those. Yes, Lord. That are tuning in and wanting to hear what Spirit is saying in this hour. Yes, Present Lord. truth that is being poured out yes. in this hour. Thank you, Father, for a Holy Spirit that is within each yes, and every one yes. of the hearers. And we speak that Spirit will quicken and conceive yes. these words within the heart awareness. Yes. That we can birth that which we have become pregnant with. Yes. Not a lie baby. Yes. Not a lie baby. Not a lie baby, but that we can birth that which we are pregnant with, yes. which is the Christ. Right. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you in the name of the Lord. Amen.